Welcome to Sound Mind Sound Body Stories, a podcast powered by ASICS. I'm Tegan Nash, and this is a show for anyone and everyone on a mission to improve their health physically and mentally. Today's guest is young but wise. Her career spans across rugby union and rugby league and has seen her play for her country in both codes. She has suffered some serious injury setbacks and has endured some pretty consequential personal events that most people would have found hard to come back from. But Millie Boyle is made of stronger stuff and is a shining example of the resilience that comes from having a sound mind in a sound body. Millie is a vibrant and outgoing farm girl with a firm idea of what she wants to do and how to do it. We spoke about her journey so far and what the future and the future of women in sport holds. And of course, I asked her what sound mind, sound body means for her. Here's my chat with the delightful Millie Boyle. Millie, thank you so much for chatting with us today. I am super excited. Thank you. Now, let's sort of go back to the to the very beginning. Did I read somewhere that when you first started playing, you were the only girl and you had to play with guys? What was that like? Yeah, so I grew up in a really sporting family. So I'm one of five children. I've got an older brother and three little sisters. Very rugby league dominated with our sport. My dad played professionally for the Canberra Raiders. And then when we were living in Cabago on our family farm, we played any sport growing up. We played soccer and footy and particularly in rugby league, my my team was pretty much all guys. I think there was one other girl. It was it was no different from the rest. We just played because it was a sport and and we were expected to play. My little sister played and my older brother played, so there was no reason that I wasn't to play. Like it was never like, oh, that's a boys sport or that's a girls sport. Like we all played footy, we all played soccer, we all did everything. So yeah, I mean that was kind of just a no-brainer for us. We didn't really think about it like that. But I think obviously growing up you know, not being able to play and then, you know, realising that this sport wasn't actually for me was pretty heartbreaking in the end. Yeah. How did you make that transition from, you know, your whole family playing league to you moving to union? Yeah, when I was 12, I wasn't allowed to play rugby league anymore and there was no girls teams to play in. So I actually started playing rugby union through high school because we had a coach who was like obsessed with it and um, we would enter these school comps um, and go away to training. We would train in Canberra, play in Canberra, play in Sydney and we'd go around to all these all these gala days and play rugby union and I actually had no idea what the game was. (laughs) I thought it was similar, so I loved it. And so, yeah, that's when I started playing rugby union through high school and then it wasn't until I started playing a bit more and a bit more uh, seriously. And then when I left school, I was playing rugby union a fair bit. And then, yeah, it wasn't until a couple of years ago, 2019, I started back with rugby league and with rugby union, but I just started playing the both of them because there was a comp now available that I could play in and, uh, yeah, it was awesome to get back into it. And family is obviously super important to you. Talk to me about yeah. them and, you know, their support. Yeah, they've been so, so important and um, such a big part of why we play sport because it's just been we've been one of those sporting families where, uh, you know, that's your community groups, that's your social outlet, that's your exercise and your training that's like everything so um, I think just 
growing up having those bases within our family to like, you know, make friends and have your social outings. Like that's what we do on the weekends. It was like, all right, mum's in the canteen, you know, at the school, at the carnivals, whatever it was. How good was it if like you had your mum or your dad on the canteen at sport or at school? Because I'd just be like, oh my gosh, can I just have one of everything? It was so good. I was like to my friends, mum's in the canning, you know, we'll go up, get a sausage singer yeah. and a lemonade, you know. <laughs> like it was just what it was. Like that was our whole our weekends. That was our lives. And so by the time they'd dropped us here and there to go play another sport on the weekend and then you'd play up in different teams and then you'd go to the whatever it was afterwards and you'd all hang out. Like it was just such a big part of our lives growing up and Honestly, to this day, I'm like, what do people actually do without sport? Like, what are they, what are they as social outlets and what do they do on the weekends? And it's actually, it's very consuming, but it's very, very purposeful. Yeah, yeah. And your brother Morgan, he's a bit of a league star himself. Was he actually the one that encouraged you to switch codes from league to union? From league to union? Oh, he actually wasn't really a fan of union, actually, because <laughs> he was lucky enough to have uh league for the whole time I would say more so when it became available when um NRLW and and rugby league became bigger um as I got older he was more so the one to have an influence to say what are you doing still playing union come and play league (laughs) like yeah he's like you've achieved what you've wanted to do and you're like you've done awesome but like now why not this comp coming up like yeah yeah come back and, and play league so it's more the other way but yeah, I was just stoked to be playing that I, yeah, I feel lucky that I still had some type of contact sport, which was very similar to rugby league mm. through my high school years, because a lot of people lose that from, you know, when they didn't have rugby league, those rugby league pathways or just that physical contact, or you know, to be yeah. able to keep playing through those really crucial years to develop as a player. Did you guys create an all girls team? Um, For in high school? Yeah. Yeah, so seriously, none of us even knew. We were from this this little town and we went to bigger bigger high school. Yeah, so we played we played like in like school comps against say Naruma High and then like Eden or the different um Catholic schools around there and we just loved being a part of it and we, I made some awesome friends through that not only in my year but all through throughout the high school it really like we had a junior girls and your senior girls and there were girls that transitioned through those different teams and yeah, it was just so much fun going away. I remember going away, we'd stay at like a school gym and we'd sleep on the high jump mats um, um, for like state championships and we'd sleep on the high jump mats, bring our parents along, they'd stay in the swags and stuff. Like it was just so much fun. Like at the time we just loved it and um, yeah, it's just those friendships that you make throughout that and what you learn along the way and then it really sets you up for after school, you know, being in those more professional environments and, you know, having those, having that background of, of growing up in a sporting life. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned friendships. Friendships uh, seems to be a common theme uh, in all of the chats and all of our athletes talking about how they've stayed friends or formed these beautiful friendships from such an early age. I think it's so important for young kids to do out-of-school activities. You know, I, I run workshops called Girls Who Glow and they're about empowering teenagers and the amount of times that we hear about kids at school being bullied or feeling like they don't fit in. And it's funny because thinking back to school, you're sort of forced to be out of school. You're forced to be around people 
who might not have the same interests at you, uh, like the same as you, which is totally fine. But I think that it's really nice playing sport because people have those same interests, don't you think? Could not have said it better. Like you said, you're forced to be in school and you're forced to be in these classes. Like you have to do that kind of stuff. Whereas you're playing sport and you automatically have a common interest with somebody within your team or within within that sport. You instantly have something to chat about, whether that's whether you just support a team or, or you play something. You have that in common, but you also must have a lot of other things that have gotten you to where you are to want to be like that and a lot of similarities. And if you go back to the different types of friends you have. Like, honestly, I reckon 95% of my friends have all been a part of my life because of sport and the ones that I've stayed really close with. And I have a lot of amazing school friends as well, but it's really that, that friendship that you make through sport and yeah, just having those similarities and something that'll make it bigger than just your normal friendships. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And did you have any mentors growing up or do you still have the same mentors? Yeah, I had a few. I don't think you realise at the time really the importance of mentors. And and I mean, like growing up, you know, it's kind of a throw-off word and you might not realise at the time, but I think now looking back on the people that I've had in my life who have helped me to where I am today, you realise how important they are and, and how much you actually do hang on to them and really value their advice and I think it's something that probably needs to be spoken more about like just having someone you can go to to chat to or if you've got anything on your chest or to kind of guide you in the right direction and obviously your family is your first kind of support network and Mm -hmm. and the people that you look up to there but a lot of coaches that I've had along the way and not necessarily your best ones but also like it all helps you be a better person and realize you know what works with you rather than what doesn't yeah so I've definitely had some awesome coaches along the way and then management I've had some awesome people that I can just go to that yeah really have my best interest at heart yeah there's so many people a lot of friends and everyone but it's definitely that base that you grow um, and it gets bigger of the people you can lean on to yeah it's really important to have good mentors for sure. You've have been through some pretty trying times over the years, you know, with, with COVID, uh, bushfires, injury, your dad had an accident as well. How, how do you cope through all of those things? For sure. I mean, yeah, it's been like, I consider myself a really lucky person and just super grateful for everything that I have been given and the opportunities that I've had to get to where I am today. But I think when you look back and reflect on it as well, like it hasn't just been smooth sailing as much as it may look like from the outside, but we all have our stories and we all have difficulties and obstacles that we need to overcome and and that shapes who we are now and how we approach things in the future. Definitely going through some things early on with my family and my dad with his accident. He had an accident and then had a brain injury and Mm -hmm. was in hospital for a really long time. And I was only 12 at the time. So I was in year six and was a family of five kids. So we're all quite young. Yeah. Just really understanding, you know, at the time we didn't realize how much of an effect that would have on us as a family. But at the time you're dealing with day by day, but then as it gets on, you're like, okay, we have to kind of look a bit more in the future and see how we're going to, how this is going to be better long-term rather than right now, because otherwise you won't kind of get through it. But yeah, it definitely shapes you to who you are growing up and 
And, and I think also yeah, as you probably get older, you understand things more because when you're quite young and you're sort of thrown all of these things, you're like, oh, my gosh, how do I deal with this? Yeah, as you get older and you realise, you know, the decisions made around family and about, you know, your, your life and, you know, what your mum has been through and, and other people in the family and his family as well. So, yeah, you definitely realise as you get older, like, how much of a toll it actually probably took and yeah things like you know you grow up and then now we've got and then we had the bushfires and then yeah. you know COVID and everything like that it was yeah it's so heartbreaking and what about injury because you've had an injury recently yeah so I in, at the back end of 2019 and and it was probably my fault obviously I was playing rugby union and then rugby league and then back to rugby union and league and I had a very sore neck for too long and I probably didn't address it right at the time and um, take the time that I needed to fix it but I was a bit selfish and wanted to keep on playing so um, it wasn't until like one of my last games of the year it was the NRLW grand final I woke up a couple of days after and from my neck all the way down my right arm and my shoulder was just in the most agonizing pain I've ever been in just like once again you just feel helpless and like how did this happen Mm -hmm. yeah I was really really fortunate to get the help from Baymed down in Wollongong actually and COVID was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for me because I wasn't going to be able to play footy for a long time I was tossing up whether to get surgery and Turns out I had slip discs in my neck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it definitely plays a big um, toll on you, obviously physically, because you just Mm -hmm. want to be out of pain, um, number one, but then mentally, like, how am I going to get back from this? How am I ever going to get out of this pain? And when will I be back playing footy? Yeah, like I said, COVID happened and, yeah, it was a blessing for me and I was able to get right into my rehab and and treatment plan and and build up my strength and I was ready to go for the next season and without missing too much footy which was yeah really awesome yeah I think yeah COVID was an interesting time (laughs) um uh but I would have to completely agree with you as you know seeing it as a blessing yeah I think if we look back on that time it's it's a time to reflect in something that literally everybody in the world has in common and something to a story to tell and whether that's you know they can take away a couple of positives out of that I definitely think we all can because it's Mm -hmm. just that time to reset and realize really what's important and how busy we can get in our everyday lives and we make everything else a priority but I think making your health and and your own well-being and your family's well-being a priority is super important and I think that's what COVID did. Yeah and I'd love your opinion because you know right now there isn't a lot of money in rugby for women. What are your thoughts on this or where would you like to see women in sport you know in years to come? Yeah I can understand and appreciate where um, women's sport was and where it is now and I definitely think there's room to grow the game and to grow the game we need more girls playing and that's from whatever sport it is from a junior level and to have those pathways all the way up until opens so we need more people playing from from a grassroots level I think a lot of people drop out in high school as well and Mm. that's you know sport's not really cool so it'd be awesome to see sport kind of become the norm and for people to want to pursue that 
But I think we need more people watching the sport as well so we can, you know, and just engaging in it, whether that's going to the games, putting it on TV, following them on social media, those type of things, just to get the game, the exposure that it deserves. And we, we need that exposure and we need that participation to to ultimately get a better performance in the end. So, yeah, it'd be awesome to have sport as a full-time role. For my sport, for NRL, it'd be awesome to have a season alongside the men's and that we can be playing week in, week out and putting on a good show for people. But I think we just need the the backing of everyone and the interest in sport, not from females but from males as well. So we just yeah. need it to kind of level that playing field a little bit. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. It's not just a boys thing. It can be everyone. Yeah. How has the that sort of financial aspect impacted your career? Have you had to make any sacrifices? There's definitely been and this is, comes with every female playing sport, I think. If you're choosing sport, you definitely put it as your number one priority yeah. and whether that's missing work or that's missing a job. Yeah, so it's it's really sad, but it's it's just what girls do for do for sport. I think that's what makes it so special as well. Everyone's got such a passion for it and they've all got a story to tell about why they enjoy it so much. For me, I have a couple of jobs on the side, so... If you've got a really good boss who understands and is quite lenient, you're, you're very lucky. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a hard thing for girls to manage. Yeah, it's one thing playing sport and loving it, but it's another thing trying to pay to rent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and put food on the table. Yeah, that's it. So let's talk about a little bit about resilience. You are just the epitome of resilience. You've had some rejections, setbacks. What fuels you and what keeps you pushing to the next level? Well, I really hate losing, so that's probably <laughs> one of my Same. things. Whether that, <laughs> yeah, and it's not just on the footy field. It's yeah, like, anything. <laughs> anything, like it's just I want to be the best at what I'm doing because I enjoy that and mm. I enjoy working with people that have that same drive and that same passion. I definitely want to win. I definitely want to be the best person and player I can be, the best friend I can be. We all know how we want to be treated. So that's how we should treat other people. I think life's bigger than sport as well. There's so many things that we can do and involve other people. And a lot of work that I do within the disability space makes me really appreciate how lucky I am and how lucky everyone is. Absolutely love that. And uh, you've got three sisters, Daisy, Stella and Hannah. Uh, yeah. And Hannah actually has a disability. Is is that where Stella experiences you were sort of inspired to create that? Funny story. So this is the, yeah. another silver lining of COVID. When I was down in um, Kayama, I met up with some people who started Stella Experiences and that was just like Stella is in having an awesome time and like, woo, woo, let's have fun. And I saw what they were doing. I remember seeing this segment on the Today Show where they all just went to the races and had the funnest time ever. And um, I remember meeting Bronte and Luke who started Stella Experiences and I just said, oh, my God, this needs to come to the Gold Coast. I would love to help drive that up here. So that's where that all came from, another COVID silver lining and yeah it's so so special and really allows me to connect not only with my sister in that way but Mm -hmm. just to provide those opportunities for her and her friends and people within her community whether that's at swimming or at school or different activities that they can all get together and have that outlet so that they can all be in a group. I think um, disability support is often dominated by that one-on-one 
carer and client need and I really like the aspect that they can be more independent within a group and you know problem solve themselves just having a normal day like you and I would if we went and hung out with our friends. Totally. Let's talk a little bit about sound mind, sound body. You know, obviously your sport is requires you to be extremely physically fit, especially with there being so much impact. But how do you prepare yourself mentally and what are some things that you do for your mental health? Yeah, so I think it's super important these days and I've been lucky enough that throughout my journey I've been very open to other people's suggestions and keeping a very open mind is what I'm trying to say. And I remember last year, just before COVID, we had someone come into one of our um, national camps and do this whole big workshop with us about our mind and how important it plays in in performance and it was a Wim Hof workshop um, with Nigel Beach and we just learned all about meditation and breath work and even just by doing five minutes a day like the impacts it has on your your problem solving throughout the day your stress levels anxiety levels and even though we might not think that we have any of that like we all do to an extent and it's super important to knuckle down and just keep that all under control and yeah I think it's really important that we just are open-minded about all of that because everything does take a toll and whether that's day-to-day things whether that's juggling life and sport or on the field and missing tackles or mm. knocking the ball on or getting over that and being there for your teammates. I think we're really lucky in a team sport that we have that. And I think I would definitely struggle if it was an individual sport, <laughs> but they obviously have different um, ways around that as well. Yeah, You know, some people might not be into meditation, but trying to find like your form of meditation that would help you yeah. because I know that sometimes if I'm super busy and I haven't had time to exercise, I haven't had any me time, I've been on the road, I get like really like agitated and I'm, I usually find that it all comes up at nighttime and I'll be laying in bed in a hotel room and I just can't sleep and I just end yeah. up getting frustrated. Uh, and so I think that breathing, meditation, that really helps. Uh, and I mean, I just chuck on like a 10-minute Medi and then I'm like oh my god I'm instantly like I've just like calmed my nervous system down because I've just been like no (laughs) yeah I mean and if you think about it in a performance sports type um sense of view like we are there we're looking at our video we're looking at how we Mm. play we're getting physio we're getting massages we're constantly going over drills you know all to make our performance better but that's for on the field and then you get off the field and it's like, okay, well, how am I going to make my state of mind better? And we're not even thinking of that like now we are, but, yeah. you know, if you you put so much into your physical performance but your mental performance is number one mm-hmm. because without that you can't perform. Yeah. So I think if you think of it, we have to be mentally proactive so that we can be physically active. Yeah, yeah. I think that our mind and our body need to be working in harmony uh, for us to be in a good, calm state. (laughs) Yeah. And let's talk about young people uh, who might want to get into what you're doing. You know, what what do you say to them? I think that we're at a really awesome time now that there are a lot of opportunities and pathways for girls and there's a lot more clubs within local areas if they do want to get involved in sport and that's step one what you need to do Um, if you're a little bit older there's other teams as well 
yeah, just really getting in, having a go. If you want to take it kind of to the next level, I think just look for those mentors and those coaches willing to work with you to get better as a player and and as a person. And that will definitely transfer onto the field as well. And then when you kind of aiming for that top level and you might have a goal in mind to play on a certain team or to nail a certain position. It's just about really knuckling down and finding that drive that will will get you there. So whether that's extras before or after training, making sure you're keeping fit in the gym, mentally sharp in the mind, Mm. you know, just being really clear with what you want and working really hard to get there because it's definitely not an easy journey and we've touched on how everyone has their own stories and everyone has Mm -hmm. their setbacks but if you really want to get there like it's definitely possible and yeah there's support all around you and if there's not then find a new support network because there's definitely people out there that want to see people do well definitely and Millie what's next for you do you have any any plans I mean you're only 22 Yes. Well, I actually turned 23 the other day. So now that I'm older and wiser, um, (laughs) I felt like I needed something else to start. And I've actually in the current process of applying for the firefighters. So I've just uh, finished my one of my last tests I had was my my physical test and passed that. So I'm onto the interview stage. It's really exciting and um, hopefully something that will be a great career for me alongside Mm. footy so fingers crossed it all goes well but it's yeah something that I would love to be a part of hopefully what made you what made you want to join uh the fireys it's something I've always kind of been a little bit passionate about and I didn't really know what it what it entailed but the more that I learned about it and also learned how it could be beneficial alongside sport you know, with the shift work and whatnot, it was just something that was quite appealing. But then obviously with the bushfires and everything and seeing the people in the RFS as well, you know, mm. put their bodies on the line and yeah, something I'm really looking forward to do if I get the opportunity to. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Well, Millie, thank you so much for chatting with us today. I have had the best time. <laughs> Thanks, Tegan. I think Millie is going to be an amazing fiery, proving again that women can do anything that they want. Her work for Stella Experiences is so wonderful. And if you want to get involved with helping young people with disabilities to experience the many benefits of getting active, then you should check them out at stellarexperiences.com.au. You'll find all the details in the show notes of everything that we've spoken about today. Please don't forget to subscribe to Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out at our webpage at asics.com. I'm Tegan Nash. Thanks for listening. Coming up next week. Tom Boyd is a man on a mission and next on Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories, we hear how his experience as an AFL football star was the catalyst for the work he does now to bring awareness to the issues of mental health. And then I fell off a cliff, really, with my with my mental state. But I basically got told that it was most likely homesickness and so when I moved back to Victoria, I presumed that that was just going to go away. I mean, I just signed the biggest contract just about in history of the AFL as an 18-year-old. I think the word brave gets thrown around a bit too haphazardly in this area. But, you know, people have said, oh, you know, you're really brave to come out and speak about it. And I'm like, well, the the thing with me and the way that I computed it at the time was I may as well have had a physical injury. 
Listen to Tom Boyd's remarkable sound mind, sound body story with me, Tegan Nash, wherever you get your podcasts from.